Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. Welcome to the show. Good to be back on here for a uh, summer edition of the Broncos Wire podcast with John. We'll be touching on a few topics in this episode, starting with, of course, the Broncos' new ownership. That's the big story. We're going to be covering that in depth. But uh, we appreciate you all joining us. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear. But first, I got to check in with my buddy. It has been a few weeks. How are you, John? I'm doing good, Ryan. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing really well. My, uh, you know, people who listen to our show a lot and, and maybe are subscribers, and we appreciate you, like I said earlier, uh, might have remembered me taking a couple weeks off during the football season last year for the birth of my son. And he's now eight months old somehow, John, and crawling around the house like a madman. So uh, that's my life. My life is chasing a baby around the house and trying to get that's work awesome. done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going great. Uh, but really, I mean, this is kind of an, an emergency podcast for us, right? We have new ownership for the Broncos. That's our kind of our lead item, and let's get right to it. No huge surprise for me here, John, right? The man... Walmart CEO Rob Walton being that man. The man with the record $4.65 billion bid ended up agreeing to terms to buy the team, right? Like sometimes it's good. I'm not that smart. And sometimes it's it's not that complicated how these things work out. The guy with the most money, the guy with the largest bid who made the record bid that has never been made before ended up with the team. Like how shocker. How, how, did, that, how did that work out the way it did, you know? Yeah, you could really see it coming. As soon as we found out that Rob Walton was involved, everybody said right away, well, if he wants them, he's going to get them. Because he, Forbes says he's worth like $70 billion. It fluctuates 60 to 70 just because of stock going up and down. But in that ballpark, and everyone else, you know, maybe they're worth like $4 million or maybe, or $4 billion, maybe like $7 billion. But he just had so much more. Uh, at his available to him that if he wanted the team, he could outbid anyone else. And that's what happened. So, and it's still technically pending. It has to be approved by 24 of the 32 NFL owners, and they're going to get together for an owner's meeting sometime in the next couple of weeks and vote on that, but it's expected to be approved. So it's not quite official, but it's expected to happen. And like you said, it's not a surprise that he's the one that won it. Nah, he's the guy, and now, now I'm a little worried. I don't want to look at my 401k or anything, which is a bad idea to do, <laughs> yeah. because I think I Googled his net worth, and it was like under $60 billion. It was like 57 oh, or something. So he, oh, only has, he only has $57 billion right now, John. So if it went from 70 to $57, i am afraid to look at what the market's doing right now. Man, poor uh, guy, only $57 yeah, billion. Yeah, exactly. So what's interesting is, so he is the controlling owner, uh, but have you, as you've been writing on Broncos Wire, you had an, a post about this, the minority owners... Greg Penner, who's Walton's son-in-law, and his wife, Carrie, are going to handle the team's day-to-day ownership duties. So what's, what's your yeah, like, lead-off take on that, John? I don't know the exact details of it because, again, it hasn't actually happened yet. But uh, from just what we do know, what you just said, I kind of like that because Rob Walton is 77, and so he's not going to be around forever. So I would want him to have a clear, okay, you know, when I'm not here – like when I pass away or when I step down or retire, whatever it could be, these people are going to be in charge. And we're already going to, it's already going to be happening now. Like Greg Penner and his wife, who is Rob Walton's daughter, they're 52 and 51 and Walton himself is 77. So for 25 years, 
it'll take that long for them to be as old as Rob Walton. So I just like that. It's setting the Broncos up for long term that Rob Walton is not going to, you know, pass away. And then we're going to have another situation of, oh, no, what's going to happen? Like, are the kids going to get it? Are we going to go? So I like that that's already in place. And like Greg Penner and his wife, they have kids as well. So maybe their kids will get involved as well. So I kind of like that even right as they buy the team, it's already, you know, this guy, he's got the money, but this person is in charge. This person is running it with him. And, you know, presumably their kids will be involved down the road. So I kind of like that, you know, all the ducks are in a row. And like people have asked me, like, what do you think about, you know, basically Walmart buying the Broncos? And I've told people, I'm like, I don't really know what to think about it because I don't think we really can have an opinion of how they're going to do football wise. Like as business people, they've obviously done a phenomenal job with Walmart. So you think from the business side of it, you think the Broncos are going to be in good shape there. But as fans, as people who watch the team, we care about the on-field results. And how is this going to affect their on-field results? We don't really know because we don't really know how he's going to be as an owner and how uh, his son-in-law and daughter are going to be managing the team. But I kind of think and I kind of hope that, you know, being smart business people and, you know, being people that work at Walmart, such a huge corporation, you have to delegate and you have to trust people. And, you know, you set people up to do their job and you don't have to be breathing down their neck and making decisions for them because you set up good people to do their job. And the Waltons, they're not the people that put George Payton in place. He's already been there existing. But even though it's kind of a short sample size, we've already seen in my opinion, that George Payton is doing a great job. I think he did a great draft last year, primarily getting Pat Sertan. You know, he seems like a franchise cornerback for the next decade. And then this year he gives you Russell Wilson. So that instantly, you know, makes you from missing the playoffs. to now everybody's talking about them as contenders. And we'll see in the next few years how the draft class turns out. But I think they had another good draft class this year. So I think football-wise, Peyton's doing a wonderful job and Nathaniel Hackett we don't know how it's going to go with him because he's a first-year head coach but all the players like him obviously George Peyton likes him he hired him so I think football wise I think they're definitely trending in the right direction and I think the people that are running the football side are doing a good job so I hope when the Waltons come in they're not just gonna like they don't need a Jerry Jones kind of owner they don't need someone that's influencing and making football decisions himself and I think Rob Walton, we've already seen he's not going to do that because it seems like he's kind of going to sit back and let Greg Penner and uh, Kerry Penner handle the day-to-day stuff. And hopefully that's like the business stuff and like the stadium stuff and like the uniform stuff, you know, handling the money and letting Peyton handle the roster decision. So I assume that's what's going to happen and I hope it's what's going to happen because I think it's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I agree with so much of what you just said, John. Actually, it's, uh, I didn't share my notes with you, but it's like you were reading off my notes, some of the things you were just saying. We're, we're in agreement. I didn't have the Jerry Jones piece, but that's such a good point. No, we don't, we don't need Rob Walton in front of the media after every game giving us an interview. We don't, <laughs> yep. we don't need to see you that much. We don't need to uh, – we, yeah, we don't need that in our lives. You know, stay behind the scenes and run a, and run a business, run a good football business. Um, and I, Yeah, and, and I agree with what you said 100%. Like, the franchise feels like it has some positive momentum, right? Like on the heels of that home run 2021 draft, it was a home run. They trade for Russell Wilson. They hire an offensive-minded head coach whose system produced like unbelievable results out in Green Bay. There's no denying how good that offense in Green Bay was. And that was Nathaniel Hackett's systems, right? But that's going to ebb and flow. And when that happens and it's time to make like real NFL business decisions, 
do we have the right people in line or are we more concerned with making the Broncos a family business, right? I don't know. That's something that's going to be answered over the next several years, um, you know, in terms of are these people, you know, Rob Walton's wife and, and her husband, are they the right people to be running the day-to-day? We'll find out. That's not something we can really unpack right now. I don't know how you could have a super hot take right now, John, right? Like, for me, Agreed. I wasn't going to have a big take on the new owner unless it was Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> unless it was like a group that involved Peyton Manning, because that would have been kind of fun. And, you know, maybe that will happen down the road. I know you you have some thoughts on that that you can explain to us here. But, like, it's the football business side of things that I'm most interested in, right? Like, I don't care what the net worth is, and I don't care about Walmart. You know, I don't, I don't really care about that. I care about the football business, and when it comes time to roll up your sleeves and make tough football decisions uh, on contracts, on, on administration and all that, like, how's that going to go? And do we have the right people in place or is it going to be a bleep show again? Um, so that's what I'm most concerned about. But I don't how, – how can we even answer that question right now? We can't. We have to like – we have to give this some time and kind of evaluate as we go. Yep, yep. I'm right there with you. We don't really know what it's going to be until we see it. So we can't really have scolding hot takes on it. But you just mentioned Peyton Manning there. ESPN's Adam Schefter and other people have also reported that the Walton group has talked to Manning. And they've talked to him about becoming like an advisor. And apparently with that role, there would be maybe an opportunity down the road to be get involved as a minority owner. So I think every Broncos fan would be stoked about that. And I really like the idea of him kind of starting out as an advisor because it's kind of vague and it doesn't have to give him like a ton of power. It's just like he's here. He's officially part of the team and we can use him as a resource, but he's not taking George Payton's job. And I wouldn't want him to because Payton's done a good job. And we have like, I love Peyton Manning. He's a brilliant football mind, but I don't know if he can build a roster. Like you're not going to hand, I wouldn't want to hand someone like that, you know, GM duties or something when we have no idea how he could manage a team. So I like, like something like this could help him get his toes in the water. And, you know, he is a good football mind. So you get him in the building and have him available to you just, you know, for like advice and consulting and things like that. I really like that. And if he does a great job, and like if he does start getting the scouting and stuff and like if they're, and they're like, OK, this guy, he knows what he's doing. We want to give him, you know, like a promotion to whatever position. Then you can go from there. So I really like the idea of the possibility of just getting him in the door as like an advisor kind of deal and see where it goes from there. And that it's not official, but they've been, apparently been talking about it. So just the fact that they're open to that, I really like that. And I know Broncos fans are really happy about the possibility of Manning being involved. Yeah, no, I, I like that, too. It's like. Peyton Manning, even Peyton Manning, should have to work his way up, right? He has to learn the ropes of being on that side of football, and he has to work his way up, just like Greg Penner, minority owner, did at Walmart, John. So I, so who is this Greg Penner, right? Because I'm like, okay, if he's running the the day to day with with Rob Walton kind of in the background, then we need to know more about Greg Penner. So I pulled up the most trusted source you can find. That's the wiki page, right? The wiki page. <laughs> so here's some things I found out about Greg Penner, right? Uh, he got an MBA from Stanford, so that's number one. So that's good, right? Like that's you know that's a great. We sign. know that's good. That's a good start. Uh, but he's kind of like, and, and he does. He's the founder of an investment firm too. So just like all of his classmates in, at the graduate program at Stanford, right? Like, <laughs> like you, they're all the founder of something. He's the founder of an investment firm. So he's he is very successful. But he's kind of he was kind of like a Walmart lifer when you read through his Wikipedia page. Now, how accurate this is, I don't know. But this is my source. For this particular conversation, uh, 
He started as a store employee, it said, John, and eventually became the CFO of Walmart Japan. So just think of that for a second, right? (laughs) Store employee at Walmart to CFO of Walmart Japan. Like, explain that one to me, right? Like, like, I'm probably oversimplifying it, but like going from manager of the Walmart Supercenter to like international CFO, like Walmart Japan is kind of an aggressive promotion to me. And I just don't know if you could do that unless you literally marry into the business. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I'm not trying to throw shade at Greg Penner, but... That one, that promotion there to CFO Walmart Japan, uh, that one, that one kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Yeah, you could definitely see uh, family relationships uh, playing a role in that for maybe, sure. But maybe. I mean, things like that have happened. People have worked up companies before, so I bet it was kind of hand in hand. Like, of course, you know, in bi- any business, who you know goes a super long way. So that probably was a part of it. But you know, he had to be a competent, good quality business person. Or, or like they wouldn't hand it. They, they don't want to their business run into the ground. So they're not going to appoint somebody that's going to be a terrible business person. So he, he had to have deserved it to at least an extent. And I think all of them, with all they've accomplished with Walmart and just their different business ventures, it's very clear that business-wise, you know, they've done a phenomenal job. Now, like we said, we just got to see how it is or translates on a football field. Yeah, and I think he was very successful and deserving. Uh, he was appointed to the Walmart Board of Directors in 2008. He was named the vice chairman in 2014. I think currently he's serving on the uh, on the board, on the cha- as a cha- on the chairman board, I should say, for Walmart. So he's definitely climbed the ladder, and and clearly he's uh, he's good at what he does. And we'll just have to see if that translate in- translates into football because on the wiki page, John, I didn't see anything about football. I didn't see the word football anywhere. I did see that he's the son of two sex therapists on his wiki page. So there's that. But I didn't see anything about football. So how is this going to translate? That's the question I keep coming back to. It It is a fascinating question and, and one we're going to be paying attention to. Yeah, exactly. And we I'm not trying to steal your thunder, Ryan, but I wanted to cue you up here. We were talking about, before we jumped on this pod, a way that financially this could come into play for Broncos. Like, uh, I, I want them to kind of sit back a little bit and let George Payton handle the roster decisions. But you are making a really good point about uh, Rob Walton's wealth, how that could come into play with contract decisions. Yeah, I mean, we were joking about him being, what is it, $70 billion or $60 billion. It's one of those. Uh, the, the fact is, is he's the wealthiest NFL owner now. Uh, yeah, if, by far. Yeah, if this becomes approved, which we're all anticipating that it will, uh, he is the wealthiest owner. And that should be the positive, right? If you're looking for a positive in this, it's that, well, the Broncos now have the wealthiest owner and that should give them an advantage, right? Like I think of Russell Wilson, right? We, we were talking about this, like he is going to become a free agent after the 2023 season. I hope I have that right. Right. And, right. Okay. And so they need to give him an extension, right? They traded way too much to get him to not give him an extension. So, Russell Wilson's it's he's going to get paid and what's stopping Russell Wilson from looking at all these other monster contracts that you kind of broke down for me John in our notes like Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson Aaron Rodgers they Aaron Rodgers especially like these guys all got really huge front-loaded contracts with tons of guaranteed money but the one I keep looking at is Deshaun Watson five years 230 million fully guaranteed for Deshaun Watson, a guy that we don't even know if he's going to play this year. He exactly. got that contract fully guaranteed. So, I mean, 
that's a killer, right? That's like an MLB contract because now when you're talking to an established vet like Wilson, they're going to look at that and say, I'm not going to negotiate incentives and escalators when Deshaun Watson just got this. Why is Deshaun Watson getting the comfort and peace of mind of a fully guaranteed deal? That's what I want. I'm a veteran quarterback. I'm Russell Wilson. I've won Super Bowls. I'm going to turn your franchise around, but I'm not going to – I don't want incentives. Like, I don't need to win a Super Bowl to make my money. I want that fully guaranteed like Deshaun Watson. That's where the wealthiest owner in the NFL should be able to step in and say, no problem, I'll write those checks, right? That should be an advantage for the Broncos – not a disadvantage. That shouldn't be a, oh, man, we got to we gotta cut Russell Wilson a check for $300 million? Oh, man, we, we can't do that. No, 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 that's, that's not how it should be, John. It should be the other way around. should be an advantage. It better be an advantage, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, the way this is set up, we're hoping this all works in the Broncos' favor, right? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, they still have to stay within the confines of the salary cap. So just like anyone else, you know, they have the cap salary – uh, that they got to get Wilson and everybody else under every year. So it's not like they can give him something that nobody else has ever done in terms of his cap hit. Like you just mentioned, Josh Allen is like 43 million. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is like 45. Aaron Rodgers is 50. That That's like their average per year. And I'm sure Wilson's going to want right in that ballpark. Yep. And like you're saying, his agent, after seeing Deshaun Watson get a guaranteed contract, he's going to say, hey, I want this guaranteed. And now the Broncos, they have an owner that he can afford to eat a ton of guaranteed money in case like Wilson gets hurt or doesn't work out or whatever. And the guaranteed money coming out of his pocket, he can afford that. Like before when the Broncos, when they're kind of in ownership limbo, they couldn't really afford to give that much cash guaranteed to a player because it's just way too big of a risk. And now, like financially, from like going back to the business perspective, for Rob Walton, he can afford financially to take that risk. But I would say the one thing is, though, it's still hitting the cap. So if Wilson has an injury and he has a fully guaranteed contract that, you know, uh, prorated over the course of however many years, that's going to be cap hits no matter what, even if Wilson's not playing for them so ever, for whatever reason. So it's still a risk, even if the business wise he can handle it. Like football-wise, salary cap-wise, it's a risk. And I think Deshaun Watson, I think part of the reason he was able to do that was because he had a really weird situation where he was basically a free agent with a handful of teams interested, and the Texans accepted all their offers. So then it was, okay, we'll take any of your offers. Now you've got to work on getting a deal with him. So he had all kinds of leverage because he pinned the teams against each other, and then he even told the Browns they were out. And it was like public public for like at least a day or maybe even multiple days. I can't remember exactly, but the Browns are supposed to be out of it. And I think, um, you know, I'm just connecting the dots, but I think that was part of leverage play. Like, no, we're not going to go to you. These other teams will play us more. And then the Browns, they're desperate. Like, we really want this guy. Okay, we'll do it fully guaranteed. I don't know. Maybe the other teams were willing to do it fully guaranteed. But I have a strong feeling that money was a big factor in Watson's decision and with multiple teams wanting him. And basically they got into a bidding war for him. So I think he did that to his advantage. So I don't know. Wilson, you know, he's a franchise quarterback. And with these other quarterbacks resetting the market, he's going to demand in the range of 40, 45, 50 million a year. Somewhere in that is what he's going to want a year. And I agree with you. What it's going to come down to is the guaranteed money. How much is he going to want guaranteed and how much are the Broncos willing to pay? Because just like you said, Rob Walton, he can pay any guaranteed amount that, that Wilson demands. He, Walton has the ability to pay it. The, the thing is going to come down to is 
the football risk. And like George Payton and the Broncos salary cap people, they'll talk to him about that. Like, yeah, we can afford to do this, but should we really do 100% guaranteed when that's going to be on our salary cap no matter he's playing or not? So I don't know if he can, you know, hope to get the same kind of thing Watson got, but I agree with you that, you know, his agent will probably be pushing for that, and it's going to be really interesting to see how much ends up being guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, that the Sean Watson situation was, uh, as you said, it was definitely different, but it, it, it was unprecedented, right? $230 yeah. million fully guaranteed over five years. That's just, I mentioned the MLB. MLB contracts, you see those $300, $400 million contracts in the MLB, those are all fully guaranteed. That's how business is done in the MLB. That's not how it's done in the NFL. So it was very... It's very different. But yes, as you were saying, it's because of the salary cap, which is why that business is not done that way. You can't be the Yankees and try to buy, you know, you know, every every player uh, like they do in the MLB. You have to stay within the confines of the salary cap. But as you were saying, John, eventually you got to write those checks, right? Those guaranteed the guaranteed money is real money. And eventually the owner's got to sign that check. And we want the owner to be willing to do that if he's worth all of this money. Um and he is the richest owner in the NFL. That should work to the Broncos' advantage. At least I'm, I'm hoping it does. Uh, another, th- another way this could be a good thing for Broncos fans is if, they're, if they want a new stadium, right? Like you keep mentioning uh, Stan Kroenke, who is married to Ann Walton, who's Rob's cousin. So now I'm already, got, I'm already confusing myself. Uh, <laughs> but there is a family connection to the Rams owner who built that huge SoFi stadium out in L.A., that beautiful stadium, which I need to make sure I, I put on my bucket list and go see because that thing looks amazing. Uh, so maybe you, you were thinking and writing on Broncos Wire how you know, maybe there's some speculation that Walton will want to do something similar for the Broncos and get them a new stadium. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's probably going to. Well, I say I, def, I do. I definitely think. I don't have inside information, but I think that he's going to want to do that in large part because the NFL is never going to give the Broncos a Super Bowl as it stands right now because they're so terrified of a cold weather, you know, snowy Super Bowl. And they they think in Denver, you know, if they award them a Super Bowl, of course, that's the year there's going to be a blizzard on Super Bowl Sunday or whatever. So the NFL has never given the Broncos a Super Bowl unless they build something like the Rams, like the most deluxe stadium ever, like all kinds of boxes, all kinds of suites. You can make so much money and you can put a retractable roof on it. I don't know if the Rams are retractable or not, but in Denver, I really hope they would make it retractable. And so you can guarantee, you know, even if it's bad weather, we can cover the stadium and then we can host a Super Bowl and they can host all kinds of other stuff, all kinds of sporting events, concerts, whatever. And, you know, they'll make the NFL or they'll make themselves tons of money. And as a consequence, the NFL will make a ton of money. So I think, you know, being a businessman, I could definitely picture him wanting to do that. But where the cronky angle kind of comes in to me is he had that vision and he didn't go to Los Angeles and ask them per- to pay for it. Like the Broncos current stadium and power field at Mile high, when they uh, went to Denver and initially made that back in like 2000, 2001, this the state of Colorado ended up paying for a majority of it. Taxpayers paid for a majority of the stadium. And like, you know, the the state the state just agreed to do that, so it's whatever. In hindsight, you know, they agreed to it. But now it's only been 21 years later. And uh, I don't think you can say the stadium has to be replaced. Like it can be, and if they want to make a way better stadium, they could, but they don't have to. And so if they're going to, if they're going to make, you know, choose to do it like they're not being forced to do it if they want to do it you know i think he should pay for it himself because that's exactly what the rams did stan Kroenke, i think he paid like 
he, he probably took some loans from, you know, whatever, but he didn't have taxpayers or the city pay for it. It was all privately financed. The whole stadium was. So I think Rob Walton, we're talking about all this wealth he has, how he can pay these guaranteed contracts. He can also afford to build his own stadium. And in a way, that could be a little attractive to him because then he completely controls it. And people have talked about, you know, he could build a stadium and, you know, build other stadiums around it and stuff because the Cronkies, they're, they're involved in like all the Colorado sports almost. So they could kind of make like a super, you know, sport you know, a complex that's just like phenomenal and they can control all of it. And when you control all of it, you control all the money. So you don't have to, you know, the Broncos current stadium, uh, there's a lot of kickbacks to the state because they paid for a lot of it. So I think a a plus to him is that he would have all the control over the stadium. And I think it would be nice to fans, taxpayers in the city and in the state to not have to fund it themselves. So I, I really hope that they don't ask fans to do it. And I also really hope that they have a retractable roof, assuming they are going to at some point build a stadium because I, I, I don't want to have a dome because I like snow. And but the bummer about a dome is or a retractable roof, they're probably always going to close it if there's bad weather. And that's just a bummer to me. But I want to have it open at least for like the sunny days because Colorado is beautiful. And I, I'm just going to miss like the snow games. Like I think it was... 2015 the Super Bowl season when they played the Patriots in the regular season and it was snowing and like CJ Anderson had that touchdown run in overtime that game was so memorable I guarantee every fan that was at that game probably thinks of that as one of their favorite games they've ever attended just because like snow adds a different element in football that I think is so fun if you put a roof on the stadium that's gone forever so that that's kind of a bummer to me but it would also be pretty cool for Denver to host a Super Bowl so there's definitely pros and cons to it. My biggest thing is I really don't want them to make the fans pay for it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, roof or no roof, if freaking MetLife Stadium, that, a biz, like, as of all the new stadiums, newish stadiums that were built in the last 10 years, John, that thing is, that thing sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> MetLife Stadium blows. And there was a Super Bowl there, a cold weather Super Bowl there in New Jersey. You're telling me we could play at MetLife Stadium and not in Colorado? Not, no, not Denver. Well, give me a break. You know, I think that was a rare exception, and they haven't done anything since then. <laughs> right. It was cold like that, that night. So, it was cold. That's yeah, cold. I don't think they want to go back to that, and I don't think it was the norm when it did happen either. So I really think the NFL, like, they like to play in Florida or California or in Arizona or, you know, anywhere that has a dome like Atlanta or just any roof stadium. You know, they want to have a pristine condition for the Super Bowl, which is understandable. But, you know, as someone that kind of likes old school, uh, you know, muddy, dirty, snowy football, I like that. So I think it would be kind of fun environment for Super Bowl. But I understand, you know, they want the perfect sporting spectacle. Yeah, I've been to MetLife Stadium. That place is a freaking dump. I can't believe it's it's as new as it was. Uh, Yeah, and and I agree. I think the connection to Kroenke over with the L.A. Rams is an interesting one. And and Kroenke's a guy that came in and he's been – He's a new owner, and he's been mixing it up, right? I mean, the, the thing with the, with the privately funded stadium, very interesting. The fact that he just does not care at all about the salary cap or draft picks or anything. You know, he's doing it differently, and I hated it at first. And now I'm like, all right, you want a Super Bowl. I can't hate it now. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So he's mixing it up. What, what's this new Broncos owner going to do? Is he going to come in and mix it up? Is he going to do some of the same things? Is he going to, uh, what, you know, what's he going to bring to the table? Super fascinating, right? I'm excited to see how that plays out. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the new ownership, right? You know, that's that's a fun topic. 
what else is going on though with the Broncos, John? Is there anything else you want to? If you have any more thoughts about the ownership, please give them to me. But what else did you want to get to? Well, yeah, just touching on Kroenke real fast. It just popped yeah. in my head when you're saying that, uh, seeing the results. You can't argue with the results. Like the Rams just won a Super Bowl, and you know we were kind of discussing last year with them trading for Von Miller, trading for uh, Matthew Stafford, bringing in like Odell Beckham. Like they're kind of stockpiling these stars and stuff, and it was kind of short term. Or like is this really a good idea to mortgage your future a little bit, but they won a Super Bowl and that's the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. So you can't argue with the results. And I think Kroenke, what the, you know, he has plenty of shortcomings as an owner, ask any Denver sports fans. They'll tell you that as a sports owner, he has plenty of shortcomings. But I think with the Rams, one of the things that he did so well was he gave them the resources they need him. He gave them a great stadium. You know, he gave them the money to, pay all these star players and he sat back a little bit and he let the GM build the roster. He let Sean McVay run the team. He didn't meddle with all the football moves. He let the smart football people run the football stuff and he gave them what they needed to be successful. And I'm hoping that's what similar to what the Waltons will do. You know, they have all the resources in the world that they can equip the people, the football people to be successful and they can just kind of sit back a little bit and not meddle with the football decisions. And I think the Rams are a perfect example of how that can work. Well, they just won the Super Bowl, So it's kind of a formula to follow, like the results, just look at the results of what just happened with the Rams. You know, I kind of hope they take a similar approach. Yeah, no, it's like the Rams football people went into Stan's office and said, Hey Stan, we don't need any draft picks. And he's like, all right, fine, trade them. I don't care. You know, like that's, he, he totally did. He let them do what they did. And, uh, and it worked for him. Uh, all right, so another news with the Broncos, uh, Jerry Judy. It seems unlikely that he's going to face discipline for uh, these charges he faced for this domestic incident he had um, with the baby mama, right, John? Um, <laughs> seems like it's going to, it seems unlikely, maybe still possible, but it seems like he's not going to face legal discipline because he had the charges against him dismissed. So I guess fans that are rooting for Jerry Judy to be on the field week one, ready to roll and have a, uh, a good season. That's good news. But bad news is that he suffered a groin injury in OTAs. So the great start to the year to Jerry Judy for Jerry Judy continues. Yeah. Like you said, legally he's okay because it was tossed out. He's not facing any legal repercussions and the NFL, they their their own legal entity. When it comes to sports, they can find and suspend players even if uh, like the courts don't. So technically, the NFL could still discipline Judy, but I don't think they will because it was tossed out. I, I think that would be kind of really silly, but you can never put it past the NFL. So we have to wait and see what they decide. But I think it's unlikely. And like you said, he got a little groin injury and in OTAs and Hackett downplayed it and just said they're just being cautious. And I, I think... Yeah, by the time training camp comes at the end of July, you would think he'll be all ready to go unless it's really, really serious. And they acted like it wasn't serious. So I think he'll be good to go for training camp and then hopefully good to go for the season. Like you said, uh, this is his third year in the NFL. He's kind of been a little underwhelming for how high he was picked. And he's had yes. injuries and he's had bad quarterbacks. So, you know, he has some excuses, but the excuses are gone now with Russell Wilson in town. He's got to put it together this year. Definitely. I mean, all the wide receivers, maybe outside of Tim Patrick, I've been a little disappointed in. Cortland Sutton, I, I, don't, I kept complaining about him last year. It's like he kept disappearing on me. Where are you, Cortland Sutton? Jerry Judy, the same thing. I, I want to see all these guys step up. I, I miss Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, gotta look, I haven't seen any of his pressers lately, John. Like I haven't really been paying close attention to mini camps. Uh, 
I, I just I gotta I gotta pull up a, a presser of Nathaniel Hackett. I could just hear hear him talking about Jerry Judy's groin. You know, just being like, oh yeah, yeah, just a little Nick, you're gonna be fine. Oh man, I'm the coach of the Denver Broncos. This is great. You know, like I could just I, I miss that guy. I gotta watch his pressers. I appreciate his energy so much, <laughs> and I appreciate his football mind. But one thing I'm not loving is how he handles talking about injuries. And <laughs> right now we're in the spring, so they don't have to reveal anything at all. They're not obligated. So I get that. But like, you could be like, oh, he tweaked his ankle. We're not worried about it. Opposed to being like, uh, we're just being careful. And then someone be like, uh, where's the injury? Uh, it's lower body. Like, mm-hmm. give us something, you know, like I, I this is like a Bill Belichick. Yeah, kind of thing. that is and annoying I know, if you're covering a team. That is annoying. Yeah, exactly. If someone, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, try to relay to fans what's going on. You know, not just Broncos fans, but like fantasy football managers. Everybody's interested to know, like, what's the deal with this situation? And I know, like, gamesmanship, you don't want to reveal all the injuries to your opponent and all that stuff. And it is, like I said, early in the offseason. But I just have a bad feeling. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, I have a bad feeling, though, that if he's doing this now, that it might carry over into the season where injuries will be handled a little more vaguely than they have been in recent years. And I, I hope not, just from the perspective of covering the injuries. But I may be jumping the gun way too much. We'll see once uh, once they're required to release injury reports. Maybe he'll be a little more forthcoming on that. And it, that's a very minor complaint. Like I said, overall, I think he's doing a good job. And I, I'm glad that they have him as their coach. Yeah, I was just chuckling as you were saying that he kind of downplayed the injury because I'm like, what is what is Hackett up play at this point? Every he's like, he, it seems like he's just true, a goofball. True. He's a big goofball. Yeah. So I can't wait to see him pissed about something. I can't wait till something <laughs> goes wrong and he's upset. Right? Like maybe they lose to the Seahawks in the opener and he's pissed uh, at the podium, pounding stuff. Like that's, you know, we got. I want to see the other side of him because I feel like he's one of those guys that when he gets mad, you know it, kind of kind of deals. But he is so. He is, uh, yeah, he's very energetic to, energetic and positive about everything, John. Yeah, you know? yeah, he is. So I don't know if publicly if he will ever let that, like he might have an outburst like to the players or privately, but like you're saying up at the podium, I don't know if he's going to give us, you know, entertaining, ranting, angry pressers. That will be, uh. be interesting to find out. Ho- actually, hopefully they, he doesn't have a reason to do that this year. <laughs> hopefully with Russell Wilson and everything going on, it's just going to be a dream season. Everything's coming together, it seems like. So hopefully he doesn't have a whole ton of reasons to be angry this year. Come on, Nathaniel Hackett. I need something, you know, uh, my guy, Fangio, he gave me all kinds of stuff in the post game. Uh, I, was, yes, like, I always had a rant every week off the Fangio presser, whatever crap he was saying <laughs> in the presser. <laughs> so I need something. I need something from you. So we'll see how that goes. But I think, you know, kind of wrapping up this one, John, it's just kind of fun right now for the Broncos, right? There's a lot, a lot going on. A lot of new people, right? New ownership, new head coach, new quarterback, right? Like, it's just, uh, you were kind of saying, you were, we were talking about this episode, you were kind of saying that the fans, Broncos country, seem to be feeling pretty optimistic about the team right now. And that's saying something for a franchise that really hasn't done much lately, right? Like, over the last six years or so, the Broncos haven't done much of anything. Uh, but you wouldn't know it right now, going into this season. The whole mood has changed. And coming out of mini camp and then looking forward to actual training camp and the season getting going here in a couple months, uh, that's kind of fun. It's a fun place to be right now, covering and rooting for the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. You you hit it on the head there. You know, haven't made the playoffs for six years in a row. You know, fans have a reason to be checked out and be upset. But then you get new ownership 
you got a new GM last year in George Payton. You get a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. And then they bring in this star quarterback that everybody's excited about. There's just so much new and so much exciting. And, you know, we still haven't seen them put it all together on the field, even in preseason. But, you know, that's just a couple months away. Before long, they're going to be out in the field. And all of this new and all this excitement is going to come together. And, you know, that's what Broncos fans are all pumped up about. So, you know, we got a couple months. We got a little summer here little break but they're going to be out on the field soon and it's going to be exciting season yeah good stuff as always john this is a fun one to do i'm proud of myself personally for not making any um any jokes about the uh the sex pair the sex therapist parents of uh yeah, George i appreciate that ryan thank yeah, you yeah yeah I, I didn't want to make you too uh too uncomfortable there john so i i stopped myself from making any kind of oh it's greg penner i'm sorry did i call him george I think about george payton yeah greg penner i did not make any jokes about his uh his parents being uh, sex therapists so, and, and you know what, well, let's just sign off here before I do anything I'm going to regret. All right. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you all for joining us, John, go enjoy the summer. All right, my man. All right. You too. We'll be back. You know, when preseason gets closer, training camps going on, when the real football starts, we'll be back to talk to you Broncos fans enjoy the summer and let's ride. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.